right. Well, I am a person who loves jokes. Uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the, the terrible dad jokes are the best kind of jokes. Um, I, yeah, there we go. I, I got, I, man, that's a good start. I'm getting an amen already. This is, I'm looking forward to this. Um, <clears throat> I like to tell jokes. I like to hear jokes. I like to make people laugh. So I'm going to start off this morning with a joke. All right. This is a joke. How many Church of Christ people does it take to change a light bulb? Change? All right. In the Church of Christ, we're kind of known as being a people that just don't change, uh, being very rigid in our beliefs and things like that. And you know what? I think that's a well-earned and a well-done uh, uh, thing that people think about us. Uh, there are a lot of things in scriptures, a lot of things that, uh, that we, we need to be firm on, that we need to hold fast to, uh, but there are other things that, you know, we need change on. So again, this morning, we'll be talking about some, some bad changes, some good changes, some never changes. Uh, before we get started too far, just a couple of things about my personal preaching style. Um, whenever I'm giving a lesson, um, I want feedback if you ever feel like I say something that is not in line with the scriptures. Uh, the world these days is, is so far on the side of don't, don't, don't cause issues and, and you know what you believe is okay and everything uh, is okay for everybody. Um, but I'm not like that. We're, we're afraid to have conversations these days. We're afraid to discuss opposing views in, in everything, in, in politics, in life, in, in our faith. Uh, but I don't want to be like that. So if you ever feel like I say something that is not accurate, please get with me. Let's have a conversation about it. One of the ways that I try to combat that uh, is that I use a lot of scripture in my, in my sermons. Uh, anytime I'm up and I'm speaking in front of people, uh, I figure I have the best chance of not getting it wrong uh, if I have uh, all the scripture in there, if, I, if I'm reading scripture for a, a good portion of my lesson. Uh, so this morning I've got, I think, 16 sets of scripture uh, that we'll be looking at and turning to. Uh, so especially in those times, make sure that you really, really tune in. Um, I'm a guy, I can make mistakes, I can say things that are wrong, uh, so, you know, you don't have to listen to anything I say, but as we're reading through the scriptures, that's the, that's the key point, so that's the time to really tune in uh, and follow along. <clears throat> all right, so I want to start off with some of the bad changes, all right? So this morning, um, <clears throat> you know, we're, we, we have things that change. Obviously, this church is changing. Uh, we're, we're going through a lot of changes recently, people moving, uh, looking for a new minister, lots of things going on. Uh, but we need to make sure to not fall into the negative changes. And the first one I want to take a look at this morning uh, is the, the idea of losing consistency uh, and potentially even beyond that of losing our own faith. So I wanted to read Hebrews chapter 10, <clears throat> verses 22 through 25 uh, to, to try to draw us into that point. Hebrews 10, 22 through 25 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. All right, so hold fast without wavering. Uh, a lot of people these days, one of the, one of the things that, that is out there in the world is the once saved, always saved. Um, <clears throat> but that's, that's, that's one of those that we need to look at <clears throat> and that we need to make sure that we... We address because he says to hold fast. 
Excuse me, I'm going to grab a drink of water here. <clears throat> Try to come prepared. All right. Continuing on in verse 24. It says, And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So one of those bad changes, that losing the faith, that losing the consistency, the way to combat that is to be together, to make sure that we're coming together and make sure that we're encouraging one another to be together. Make sure that if you see someone who is absent, reach out to them. Even if you know why, you know, hey, I know you're traveling, but just want you to know we missed you this morning. Uh, and if you don't know, definitely reach out. We've got to be people that encourage one another to come together, to be together, to help maintain that consistency. Another verse uh, set that I found for this, uh, this one's the longest set that I've got for my sermon this morning. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. If you are struggling, if you are having trouble being consistent, if you are losing your faith, you have to keep yourself in prayer. Even if you don't know what to pray for and you don't know how to pray for it, you don't know how to fix it, you don't know how to address it, keep yourself in prayer, and the Spirit will intercede for you. All right, uh, continuing on in verse 28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. I bet probably 60-70% of the Christians in America have that scripture somewhere posted in their house. Uh, either, you know, a plaque on the wall or something. Most people, that is a very popular scripture. But one of the things that that causes sometimes is it's kind of there and it just kind of blends in with the background, right? We, we, we get these things that we, we don't really, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a routine thing. Uh, but in order for that scripture to be the encouragement that it should be, that it needs to be for us, we need to believe it. We need to know that it's true and find that uh, encouragement in it. Verse 29 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us. You want to know why the previous scripture of all things work together for good, why that's true, why that can happen, why that's that way? is because God is for you. You don't have to worry about things never getting better and never being right. It will work together for good if you love the Lord because God is for you. doesn't say you won't face the issues, but they'll come out good on the end. All right, verse 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. 
who is to condemn, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things. All right, pause there. It says in all these things. It didn't say outside of all of those things. It doesn't say, but thankfully... You're not going to have to face any of those things. But it says in all those things, the persecutions, the trials, the struggles, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. Again, it doesn't say we're not going to face those things. It doesn't say that we're not going to have these times where, where we're losing our faith, we're struggling with it, we're, we're not wanting to get up and go to church for whatever reason, we're stressed at work, we're stressed at home, we're, we're, you know, we've gotten an argument with somebody, we didn't sleep well last night, whatever the situation is, but we've got to keep forward because nothing can separate us from that love. Sometimes it comes in a whole different thing though, sometimes it doesn't necessarily come from external but from internal uh, the next bad change that can happen uh, is one that that was recent for me uh, for my family and that's the idea of burnout uh, last last year uh, we kind of stepped away from a few things obviously we didn't want to stop with our consistency and coming and being here in worship um, but burnout can happen to anybody uh, we, we see it in people all the time. Uh, like I said, I've seen it myself recently. One of the things that, uh, that I read says that most often uh, burnout in any kind of thing, burnout from work, burnout to church, it, burnout in general, burning yourself out, is most often caused by self-reliance or lack of self-care. Just wanting to do it all yourself, you know, and that's a, that's a big thing in America. You, know, you got to get out there and just do it yourself. Get out there and just fight for it and push through and you'll be all right. It'll be fine. Just count on yourself because you can't count on anybody else. And you're getting out there, you're doing that, and you're doing it so much that you're not taking care of yourself. You're not getting the sleep you should or, or the study that you should. You're not getting the encouragement you should because you're just pushing, 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 pushing. It's not the way to be. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We have to take rest occasionally. That's part of life, part of being a human being. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Once again, it doesn't say there is no burden. It doesn't say you come to me and everything's just going to be great and you're not going to have to struggle at all anymore. It just says his burden is light. 
If you think you're too good to ever take a break, you're just too strong, you're, you're too confident, you're too whatever, remember, even God himself rested on the seventh day. And if you think you're better than that example, you definitely got another thing coming. So take care of yourself, rely on God, rely on your fellow Christians, and don't let yourself burn out. The next bad change that can happen for us is to be influenced by the world. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This is happening all over the world. It's happening in politics, it's happening uh, in our schools, it's happening in businesses, and unfortunately, it's happening in our churches. People trying to twist God's word, trying to pull out of it what they want to see, trying to, trying to, trying to alter what is the ultimate truth of God, and there is an ultimate truth, no matter what anyone says. It's another lie that they've tried to develop is that everybody has their own personal truth. There is an ultimate truth. We are told uh, to be different. Uh, that idea of I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. I mean, all of these things trying to twist the truth. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, I, to, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We can't be like everybody else. And that's hard, especially uh, when you're in school, the younger, the younger people, teenagers and, and even younger, being influenced by the people in your classes. Man, kids can be mean. It's hard not to be influenced by that, but we have to stand strong and we have to test to find out what God's will is. And that leads me to some of the good changes. One of the first ones I want to talk about is questioning your own faith. You have to put it to the test, as that scripture in Romans said, to discern what the will of God is. There's a story that goes that there was a man that, that, that was a, just a, a powerhouse preacher and just you know was what everybody kind of looked up to. And then one day, his son came to him and he said, said Dad, I'm... I don't, I don't know if I believe like you do anymore. I don't know. He was so nervous. He said, Dad, I didn't want to come to you because I'm, I'm so afraid of what you'll say. But, Dad, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't know for sure what I believe. The father said, Son, I'm, I'm proud of you because you're making your faith your own. 
We've got that example in the Bereans. The Bereans studied the scriptures every day to make sure that what they were being taught was true. And we have to be that way as well. I wanted to do a to read through a, the scripture in Matthew 22 uh, about the greatest command because it's it was it was a questioning of of their beliefs and a questioning of their faith that that I think probably rocked their world. Matthew 22 verses 34 through 40 says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees had just been questioning him about uh, resurrection and marriage and some, some, some things, and he had answered all of them. But the Pharisees now, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Now, wait a minute. That's not even in the Big Ten. All right, there's some that are similar to it, but that's not even, like, what do you mean, Jesus? But he goes on. He says, Hey, I'm going to give you a second one. The second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Man, at this point, the Jewish community, it was all about the laws. It was, you do this at this time and make this sacrifice, and then you get this, and this is how it goes, and it's very specifically laid out. That's why this Pharisee was a lawyer, was asking him these questions, because those people that really knew the legality of the Scriptures, those were the ones that they, that they were really looking to for teaching and, and things like that. Those were the prominent ones in this community. It went from that to, he said... Love. Love God. Love people. Everything else revolves all around that. That's where it's got to start. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. Does that mean I don't have to follow the commands anymore? If it's all about love, because that's a lie that's been told, that's a lie that the world's trying to bring in, is that all it is is love. Just love everybody and you'll be fine. That's all it requires. But that's not what the scripture says. He says all of the rest of this, all of that revolves around that. And then in John 14, 15, he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. All right, it has to start with love. Pulling out that those are the two greatest commandments and then leaving out the part where it says, On these depend all the law and the prophets. Okay, on these things is where all the rest of it comes from. Can't leave that part out. Because if you love him, you will keep his commandments as well. It's no longer about, I have to check this box and do this thing and follow this way because I've been told to and so I have to in order to get my reward. You do all those things still, but it's a mindset change. Completely rearrange the entire mindset of that group of people and for everybody forever. You do those things not because it's a checkbox, but because you love your God and you've seen the sacrifice He made for you and the life that He has for you and what He's offered you. All right. All right. One of the ways that we get to that point, that we question our faith, is we've got to put ourselves in some tough situations. All right. We've got to. Uh, to be able to challenge ourselves. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, 
For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Do you go out and meet trials? I find it hard to. I don't like to go out and meet trials most of the time. But he tells us here to count it joy when that happens. And whenever I've got something that brings me joy, I want more of that. You know, those, I like to be a happy guy. I like to be joyous. So if I've got something that brings me joy, I'm going to go get it. And he says, count it joy when you face trials. We're a people who get complacent sometimes. And we don't challenge ourselves. We don't test ourselves to have that firm faith and to know what the will of God is. I've got a quick, easy test for you this morning. I want everybody to raise your hand. Raise your hand as high as you can raise it. Has everybody got your hand as high as you can get it up there? As high as you can. All right, now raise it a little bit higher. Thank you. I saw almost every single person was able to get it a little higher when I tested you on that. And you had just, you had just told me that you were holding it as high as you could. So why then were you able to go just that little further once I asked that? Because nobody likes to, to lose a challenge. Nobody likes to, to face a trial and to fail. Nobody likes to be tested and not do well on it. So we have to get out there. You, were, you thought you were doing all that you had to do, but once you realized you had to do a little more, you, challenged, you got that challenge, you had that test, then you accomplished a little bit more in something so simple. I've used that a couple of that, uh, that test in a couple of different sermons. I always love whenever kids are in the room because most of the time, the little kids, like, they're like standing up and they're jumping and they're standing on the pews. Uh, and that's the kind of mindset that I hope that we can attain, uh, that, we can, that we can get to that because that, that's a great place to be. All right. So we're getting out there in the world, we're putting ourselves in tough situations, we're questioning our faith and making sure that we search the scriptures, we're being like the Bereans, we're growing, we're making positive change, and through all that study, we realize there are some things that never change. Malachi 3.6 6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So Christ, God, they don't change. And 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. In verse 16, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We have an unchanging God. Christ is the same on all days, and this is their word. The scripture is one of those things that never changes. It is an ultimate truth. It is a truth that will be the truth for all time, no matter what anybody tries to twist or pull what they want to out of it, God's word will always be the same. Whenever you face those things, you hear those things, remember the second Corinthians 4 of, of the tampering of the scriptures and, and being cunning and underhanded. 
and be like the Bereans to prove it to yourself. A few other things that, that don't change. God will judge. Romans 2.6 says that he will render to each according to his work. And continue on in uh, chapter 2 there, it says that God shows no partiality. The judgment is going to come. We'll have to face it. Everyone will, you, me, everyone in the world will have to face it. But thankfully, there are a few other things that don't change. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Why is it so important that that, that mindset change happened back in Matthew from a checkbox to a do it out of love? Because God is is love and we have to do we have to be a people who do these things out of love thankfully another thing that doesn't change is god's forgiveness first john 1 9 says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness confession for the forgiveness of sins if I'm going to face the judgment, and I will, I want to face it knowing that my sins have already been forgiven. Knowing that I've got a clean heart, that I've been washed clean by the blood of Christ. I, and that's the ultimate goal, because when you get to those pearly gates, you want to make sure you can get in them. So confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins to God. Do those prayers. Another thing this morning... Uh, that doesn't change, talking about those pearly gates, is the way to get to them. Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And then also in John 14 Verses 1 through 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And then he stops. And then good old doubting Thomas. Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In this world, while we're still here and we still have opportunity, we have to hear the message. We have to be here, be present, be in the scriptures ourselves. We have to believe in its truth, its unchanging, everlasting truth. We have to be able to repent of the things that we find in the scriptures and the studies that we know aren't right and stop doing them, make that change, confess those sins so that we can be forgiven of them, be baptized into Christ and into his death and his resurrection, and then live a faithful life. And that is our final and best change that we can make this morning. The last final and best change to become a new creation and be reconciled to God 
reading again through the scriptures that Cole had for us this morning. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You want to change in your life? You want to be something better, improve yourself? Try becoming a whole new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew, knew, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This morning is one of those opportunities we presented each week to be able to come forward uh, to ask for prayers, to ask to become a new creation, to ask to be reconciled to God. We also have the option of the elders that will be back in the back of the room. If you have a more private thing or you're just not comfortable going to the front, you can go to the back to speak to the elders. And the third option is that the invitation is always open. These Sunday morning formal offers, is, that's not the only way to go. That's not the only time doesn't matter what time it is, where you are, if you have a need, if you have anything that you need to help you in your faith and your walk and your steadfastness, you can talk to any of the elders, the ministers, you can call me, the deacons, you can talk to anybody here. I'm sure any member would be happy to talk to you, to discuss it, to let you get anything off your chest. Just make it happen. Talk to one another. Be a part. Don't make the bad changes. Don't let yourself burn out, but maintain to the good and unchanging.